Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Haefling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who've experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Listen in for tangible tips and advice for growing your business from those who have been there. Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Welcome to the first episode of Season 3 of Made It Happen podcast. I'm so excited to introduce our guest, Katie Zepieri, one of today's leading voices and thought leaders on empowerment. Katie is a thought-provoking and motivational speaker leading talks on personal branding, mentorship, mental health, career development, building confidence, and leading with impact. She is the founder of the Mic Drop Agency and has spoken across North America, including the TED Talk International Stage, Boys and Girls Club of Metro Denver, Google, and Microsoft headquarters. She is a frequent on-air radio contributor on Toronto's news talk station and the host of Together We Rise podcast. Whether she's delivering a keynote, leading an interactive workshop, speaking on a panel of experts, or hosting an event, Katie engages audiences and inspires them to take action. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. It was such a great conversation. I loved hearing all about Katie's journey, and she gave so much great advice on personal branding, professional speaking, getting paid to speak, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for tuning in. As you all know, we are now in season three of Made It Happen podcast, and I'm so excited to announce our brand new merch for the show. You can see all the options on our website at madeithappenpod.com, as well as in the show notes to shop now. If you do, make sure to post on social media, tag us so we see and can share, and thank you so much for the support. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining me here today, Katie. I am so excited to be speaking with you, and welcome to Made It Happen. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So to start things off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah. Uh, So I am an entrepreneur. I'm the founder of the Mic Drop Agency, and we're an innovative public relations and talent management agency who uh, works to help promote the uh, brands of our clients. So it could either be like a corporation or it could be high profile individuals working to help them build their personal brands. I'm also a two-time TEDx speaker, um, a media personality. I'm a frequent contributor to Toronto's News Talk 1010 station, as well as a wide variety of other outlets. Um, And a fun fact, in 2020, right after COVID sort of sent us all uh, housebound, I started a daily Instagram live show focused on mental health and empowerment. And I actually had the great privilege of interviewing 100 people uh, over the course of 2020, which was quite a little marathon. Uh, The first like 13 weeks were just straight, like six days a week. I would come on with a different live interview with a high profile guest. 
And I interviewed everyone from uh, the Honorable uh, Mary Ng, Canada's Minister of Small Business, to uh, the first Black bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay Abasolo, uh, and so many more amazing uh, people who gave their time and their thoughts on how we could rise above. Uh, it was called Together We Rise, and just this focus on you know keeping positive during a really difficult time. Wow, that is incredible. And I think that's such a great initiative. And especially, you know, during that time, that's what people really needed. Um, So that's definitely great to hear. And so much I want to dive into, I guess, to start things off, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you first got into, you know, the speaking space? Yeah. So speaking has really been a constant for me for as long as I can remember. I naturally liked, you know, the opportunity to be behind a microphone, I guess, or in front of a microphone, however you want (laughs) to frame it. But um, it's so funny. I just got married a couple months ago. And at our wedding, my dad, part of his speech was, you know what, Katie, we bought this video camera. And essentially, from the time that I took it out, like you were always running to sort of be in front of the camera, even like pushing your siblings out of the way. Um, But I think I recognized from a young age that media and speaking are great ways to help build a platform for yourself. Uh, But not only that, if you had something really powerful to say, something that you thought would impact people's lives for the better, getting the opportunity to do so in a forum like that, where where you're delivering a message on stage to a crowd you know, can change lives. It really, hearing the right thing at the right time in your life can make a powerful difference for you. I've experienced that hearing other people speak. And so as I got older, I mean, I was emceeing things in high school and I was doing the morning announcements. Like I was looking for any sort of way where I could be really involved. But I recognized that my sort of uh, gift of speaking started to open up doors for me in a different way. Like one of the main places where I started to speak in high school was on the topic of leadership and standing up against bullying, things that I was really passionate about based on my own personal experiences. And so, uh, yeah, like I just saw the power of being able to go back to my elementary school and teaching these workshops to grades five to eight students. And like just the power of your voice, the power of spreading these messages and just even seeing the feedback that I would get from the students in the group saying, you know, how much the message resonated with them and it was just what they needed to hear. And like that was so encouraging. So fast forward into university, I mean, I studied radio and television broadcasting, so I certainly had, you know, the mind for for media and I knew that's, I wanted that to be a part of my future, but I was still speaking um, outside of that. That's really when I actually started professional speaking. My former principal, um, you know, moved to a university and started uh, giving me these opportunities to come and deliver messages to sort of now more adult groups rather than youth groups before. And uh, my speaking career helped propel my entrepreneurial journey. I realized the importance of building a personal brand. It was almost like accidental. I wasn't necessarily consciously thinking of it at the time, but I knew that by getting your, your name, your voice, your message out on as many platforms as possible was a great way, especially as you know, a 22-year-old at the time, to be taken seriously as an entrepreneur and to help open new doors. So each sort of milestone, each speaking engagement from there really just helped lead me to the next stage. 
Wow. I, I love that story. And I think that it definitely is so powerful and those opportunities that can really arise. It, it's just amazing sort of what speaking can do. And even like you said before, it can really change people's lives too, from what even just listening to people speak. And so you said there, it sort of, you know, helped with your entrepreneurial career. And so do you want to sort of talk about, you know, your first step into, into entrepreneurship? Yeah. So I like tried my hand in entrepreneurship from a very young age. Um, I ran a fun fair on my street when I was like 10 and, you know, sold a wagon ride down a hill to someone for $2. I sold my Nona's vegetables. Uh, She had a farm and I like set up a little vegetable stand out by the road and would try and sell zucchinis and a bunch of other things. So I really just had that knack. Like I love the idea of like providing something that people wanted and were excited about and were willing to pay you for. But I don't think I really thought of myself as an entrepreneur until towards the end of my university program where I was doing an internship and working for a media company and we were producing events, uh, media events. And I remember sitting at the back of the room thinking, wow, you know, I could be maybe making a business out of running events and even speaking. Cause at that point I had had a little bit of an introduction to getting paid to speak. Um, and I thought, okay. And, and I had published like a teacher resource manual when I was in high school through the Durham district school board. And I just saw, wow, okay. Like maybe I could be doing some resources, some events, some speaking, maybe, maybe there's something there. And I had a really strong passion. I mean, I still do for, for youth empowerment at that time. And I think just given my age and, you know, sort of my experiences. So that was where this little light bulb went off where after that internship, I basically went cold turkey into like trying to start a business upon reflection. I mean, we could go into that, Sarah, if you wanted, like, you know, things that I wouldn't recommend (laughs) Um, now looking back. But uh, I started with like summer camps for youth was like the first entrepreneurial endeavor. And um, they were called Make Your Mark summer camps, uh, leadership focused camps. And so that was the beginning. I mean, since then I have iterated and pivoted and tried different things and a wide variety of company ideas have started and stopped since then that have really led to where I am now with the Mic Drop Agency. Yeah, Aslan, I think a lot of entrepreneurs can definitely relate to that, you know, it, and that's sort of part of entrepreneurship is trying those things, seeing what works and pivoting. And, you know, like you said, now it's led you to the Mic Drop Agency. And I know you just went through sort of a recent rebrand with this. And do you want to talk a little bit about this process and, you know, what made you decide to make that decision? Yeah, I had been going for a couple of years previously um, by two different sort of companies. I had Girl Talk, which has been iterated <laughs> over eight years. You know, it was started with like a Girl Talk empowerment, uh, youth programs for girls. And then we transitioned into a speakers bureau and we're representing high profile women and booking them speaking engagements. And then, you know, while I was building Girl Talk that whole time, even when it was more so um, like it was always a social enterprise, but when I was really just trying to get it off the ground, it, it, you know, it wasn't really something that was like an ongoing sustainable sort of venture. It was just more of a passion project. 
I was doing events. I was running events and I, I, you know, sort of treated it like a separate company at first, but kind of casually. And uh, I eventually just saw like a lot of growth happening in that area. Like that's what I was doing. That's what was paying the bills outside of um, girl talk initiatives and events were, were leading contracts and initiatives and campaigns for shopping centers for the most part outside of the work that I was doing. And it got to the point where um, after you know, the other side of COVID after my Instagram live show, I really started moving into more like consulting and stuff that I could do virtual when events shut down. So I was now helping companies with their marketing strategy and PR strategy. And there was like this real transition. So along that time, I was recognizing that the women on the speakers bureau wanted more than just even speaking. It was sort of like one part of a larger goal, which was exposure and an increase in sort of their brand and credibility. And then with the switch to consulting on the mic drop marketing side, it was like, okay, what about instead of two business cards, <laughs> which I had been carrying around like different things, and it was always quite hard to frame exactly, you know, what I did in a sentence. Um, it just felt like the right time to bring these two concepts together under one umbrella. And so now we can really hone in on uh, offering these well-rounded holistic PR and talent management approaches for individuals and for companies. And uh, yeah, it, it, was probably one of the most natural next steps that I felt thus far in my entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that definitely makes sense. And especially, you know, like you said, with the pandemic, a lot of companies had to make those pivots. And so it's nice that that, you know, was such a natural transition for you. And, you know, with that too, I know you, you talked about there about Girl Talk Speakers Bureau, which I've been to a few of the events you had for that too, that I'll get into. But to start off, you know, if there is someone who's maybe looking to get into that speaker space, um, what advice would you give to them or sort of where should they even start with that? Yeah. I think the first thing to ask yourself is um, your your why when it comes to speaking. Are you, you know, seeking to be sort of a motivational speaker and you'd like to just give back? Like you just want that to be part of what you do. Maybe it's not like you're not necessarily business minded with it. If you get paid, it's a bonus, but you just, you're really passion focused. That's kind of one lane. If you're somebody who wants to be a professional speaker as and that becomes like a big part of your income and revenue and you sort of build a business around that that's another lane or sort of a third lane is maybe you are a business owner entrepreneur or even like a corporate executive and are just looking to kind of expand what you do additional revenue stream marketing opportunities that's kind of like this third lane of why you might pursue speaking So depending on where you are on that spectrum, I mean, your why is a great place to start. So what is the ultimate purpose of me speaking? Uh, It's a little bit different if somebody's just like solely focused on passion projects, they might be willing to just, you know, speak for free um, beyond just even the initial stages, which I always recommend starting to speak for free, no matter where you are is the best way, right? Because you want to, you want to be building some credibility. You want to gain some experience. You want to be able to say, I've spoken at X, Y, and Z when you're making future pitches for yourself, all of those things are really, really important. Uh, But then if you're kind of thinking about it from more of like a business perspective, you can start to be very strategic about where you speak and why. So I see speaking as like this really fascinating sort of world because each person has slightly different goals and 
is at a different place in their career journey. So, you know, for instance, there might be certain speaking engagements that make sense to do uh, for free because you're speaking to your target audience and really you getting a chance to be in front of them uh, is a great opportunity to promote all these other services that you're doing. So there's a lot to it, but I would say, look, once you've identified your why and sort of what your expertise is, you want to think about what you could speak about. Like if I had to talk for 45 minutes or an hour about a topic, what could I confidently speak about for that length of time? I even recommend like putting together a structure for yourself. So you don't have to like write out a whole script, but you want to think about, okay, like this is sort of the intro hypothesis of my entire talk. These are the couple points that I really want to drive home and maybe think about like an example for each that you could share. And this is sort of the conclusion and takeaways that I would want my audience to have. So just even starting to think through that structure. Now you've got an idea of what you might like to speak about. And once you have that, you can really start approaching organizations, companies, events that fit within the theme and your why of what you're speaking to and make like a, you know, a very well value add pitch sort of saying like, I think that this could be really beneficial for your audience. And, you know, would you be interested in having me speak and getting started speaking for free? Make sure that when you're doing that, you are always asking for feedback. So if they do surveys, you know, ask if you can get a copy of that or, you know, if the organizers could share any sort of takeaways that they heard from the audience, those are highly, highly valuable. It helps you get better. And also asking for things like a testimonial from the organizer if it went over really well, photos and videos from the event, a recording if it's virtual. You're starting to build your like speaker toolkit and your personal brand toolkit by getting all of these assets. So yeah, you might be speaking for free, but look what you just got. You know, it's a logo on your site of where you've spoken. It's, you know, photos and videos that you can use for your own branding. You can use on social media, a testimonial, which you can add to your website. Like there's so much really that you're gathering from that. So that would be my recommendation in terms of a starting place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's such a great way to go about it. And I think that there was so much great tips and advice just right there where people can start. And a great point you brought up there too, was really that it is to build into your personal brand. And I know we talked about speaking can really, you know, lead into that. And so with personal branding, I think there's so many different directions that can go. And so what would you say to someone who's maybe, you know, right at that point where they're trying to decide, you know, what should I be doing with this? Or how how do I even go about where I want my personal brand to go and sort of what space to be in? You know, I think there's just the beginning phases can be so hard. So what sort of advice would you give to them? Yes, your personal brand, personal brands are so important. So, so important. They've always been important, but more so I'd say today than ever, because we now have like this whole digital world of touch points where people can find you and interact with you. So that's added a whole bunch of new opportunities, but basically your personal brand is like not what you think about yourself necessarily. It's what other people think of you when they see you, when they hear you speak, when they look at any of your you know, digital footprint pieces, whether it's your website, social media pages, blogs, whatever it might be. And so, you know, even if you're not an entrepreneur, you have a personal brand, right? Like what you're putting out on social media, what you're talking about on social media, what you're putting in your resume and in your cover letter, you know, every time that you interact with somebody, the business card that you give out, like this is all part of who you are as sort of this professional identity of yourself, this professional person. And those little touch points 
make people remember you, make people think of you when there's opportunities or when you're applying for a job, say, your personal brand is what can really help make you stand out to an employer, like doing a really good job of telling your story, why you do the things that you do and why you think you'd be a great fit for that company. As an entrepreneur, it's it's absolutely essential to even be thinking about how can you use your personal brand and help propel your business forward with that and sort of being strategic about how you think of yourself. And I think it goes back to that. Why? Like, and I actually want to go even deeper than that, because I think sometimes it's easy to just sort of focus on like the entrepreneurial aspect of the passion side, which I definitely believe in, you know, being passionate about what you do, but let's talk about it from a business perspective. Okay. Also, what are you selling and who are you selling it to? That should really dictate if you're trying to like grow your business and that's the the goal of your, you know, focus on personal branding. How do you reach more of your target audience and thinking about like, what is it that you're actually selling? Because that would help dictate. I've worked with people before. I've had clients you know, talk to me and they've got lots of passions about different things and lots of topics that they really would like to speak about. But then when you start to go, okay, but what are you selling? The product that they're selling has nothing to do with this topic that they're really passionate about, you know, speaking to, which is fine. Like, I mean, there's room for, you know, a diverse range of topics for you to speak about, but your central themes, the central part of your brand, your personal brand should be sort of based around helping to solve the problem that your products and services do for your target audience. So it's really, really important to be very strategic about it. Like I'm passionate about fitness and I'm passionate about health and wellness, but that's not what I sell. So it wouldn't make sense for me to make my whole page, unless it was just for fun, right? It wouldn't make sense for me to have like my whole sort of business page and personal brand built around fitness and health and wellness if like I'm selling, which I am, <laughs> like PR, you know, consulting services, and working as a talent agent, like it's fine, but it's not going to help me get more leads. It's not going to help me get more business. So if I actually start to make the majority of my branding and the types of media that I go after, the types of interviews that I do, I want to be speaking about the things that I know um, are going to help my business. So that's really important. Yes, absolutely. I definitely agree. And I think, like you said, finding that alignment, I think is so important. If that's sort of what the goal of speaking is, like you said, if it's to really grow the business, you want it to really have that connection to the business itself. And then before you, you know, when you were talking about the different sort of pillars of speaking, you mentioned to some people, you know, you get to that point when you do want to start charging to speak, or you do want to find paid opportunities. And so how do you sort of know, you know, once you've reached that point or if you want to make that transition, you know, what should you sort of keep in mind when you're trying to make that transition from free speaking into, you know, I want to make this into more of a business? Yeah, I think once you've had a series of talks under your belt where you've received excellent feedback and it has been like an easy sell to just pitch yourself for free. I would say that that's probably a good point. And that might be different for everybody. For somebody that might be five talks, for other people, it might be 10 talks. You know, it can range. But, you know, you feel confident with what you speak about. 
you know that you could hold a room for 60 minutes um, if needed and uh, could do so confidently. You kind of have your assets prepared. And yeah, like I said, you've gotten good feedback. Now might be a good time, the next pitch that you do to ask if there's a budget for speakers. That could be like a really, you know, great way of sort of bridging that next step of asking. You will get more familiar as you go along based on like what are speaking rates. I mean, there are certain industry standards, but essentially you're worth what people are willing to pay um, for you to speak. And that can mean a lot of things. Like some events, they want... Um, experts who have the research and, 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 you know, educational background and experience to be able to speak to this. They don't necessarily care if they have like a large social media following or something like that. They're, they're paying for that sort of expertise that could be, you know, um, very highly paid opportunity. On the other hand, there might be an event and they're looking to just kind of sell more tickets. And by getting somebody who has like a really large social following, maybe they haven't spoken as much, or, you know, maybe don't have like a specific industry expertise type thing, but they'll be able to promote this on their social pages. They might be willing to pay you know, an equivalent amount to that other speaker, just because it's going to help them get exposure. So there's such a range and you sort of get a sense of, okay, what am I bringing to the table as a speaker? I think it's really good to be honest with yourself and sort of see that like, you know, when you're just starting out and maybe you don't have the biggest reach yet in terms of your audience, and maybe you're not yet at the top of your game in terms of being like a a fully sought after like expert for things you know, be honest, right? Like in some ways you're going to get such great value from this event that it may be even more than what you're able to give at that point. So it's okay to start low. I mean, for a while, when I was starting out, the hundreds were great, <laughs> you know, and, and really um, one of the words, one of my favorite words when approaching it was like a, an honorarium for speakers, like an honorarium type thing. So, you know, happy to kind of donate my time or happy to speak at this event. And maybe it's a couple hundred dollar honorarium that you're asking for at the beginning part. Um, that could be something that you could go back to at any point if it's a charitable event or if it's just something that's the right alignment for you accepting that. I mean, I have spoken and, you know, spoken at a wide range of rates and am happy to do so depending on the event, the cause, you know, that sort of thing. And each speaker is different. So it's kind of like picking what works for you. And once you've started to get a yes at a certain rate, and again, that becomes easy. It's like, okay, I'm pitching myself at $500, right? And I've started to secure my first handful of engagements um, with relative ease at this rate, like nobody's kind of questioning it, that sounds about right, you can start trying to increase it from there and really just getting feedback as you go along. Uh, I also recommend having different uh, rate scales, you know, depending on if it's like a charity or if it's a corporation or whatever it might be. And then that gives you an opportunity to have different levels. So if there's those events that you really want to speak at, you know, you're not way out of budget. And of course, if things are out of budget for the place that you're pitching yourself for, you can always ask them what budget they are working with. And maybe you'd make an exception. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such great advice and, you know, really great insights into sort of how you can get into sort of that opportunities, if that's sort of the direction you're looking to go with speaking. And I want to sort of um, flip back to sort of the business side of things as well. And I know at the beginning you said, you know, there's lots of challenges and obstacles with entrepreneurship and, you know, lessons learned. And has there been sort of one, you know, main challenge that you've really overcome that you see throughout your journey that you'd like to share? Ooh, 
there's so many, Sarah, <laughs> uh, there's so many, uh, it's like constantly, you know, constantly learning and constantly trying, um, to grow. I think one of the things that I probably would have told like my younger self starting out, I was so heavily driven by passion that I didn't spend enough time, like actually working on the business model. I, I, I wasn't interested in that. And I just thought, you know, um, if I just am passionate enough and sort of believe in this, like it's going to happen and it's going to work like to a certain extent, I get this sentiment behind that message. Like, yeah, you have to be passionate. You have to be persistent. You have to be resilient. You have to be all those things. But at the end of the day, there has to be a business there. You have to be selling something, a product or a service that people want and are willing to pay for. It sounds really obvious, but I think there's lots of movement and momentum towards encouraging people to be entrepreneurs right now. But I think sometimes we just sort of celebrate, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur without like kind of diving deeper and making sure that the foundation of what we're doing is sound. And there's like actually like a plan here of how to grow, how to scale. And it can be really tempting. And I found myself in that trap too, just because something, you know, makes money doesn't mean that that's like a sustainable thing for the long term. Um, it could just be like, and that's where I found myself at one point was it was like one-off opportunities that were great, but like, how do you sustain that for a year and beyond? So it's sort of like a really practical, um, really practical piece of advice that would have saved me quite a few um, different, you know, years of lessons and struggles in that sense. And by making sure that your business model is solid, then you can really push forward with that passion and be creative and do all of these other things that you want to do, but definitely know how you're business is going to make money at the end of the day and have a plan on a realistic plan on how that's going to happen. Yes, absolutely. I think that was that was such a great point. And I think a lot of people can relate to that because for many people, businesses sort of start from that passion project, right? And sometimes it happens so naturally, you don't even realize it. And so I think, you know, having that sustainable plan and actually looking at, okay, here's, here's how much I want to make, here's what I have to sell and stuff, I think is so important for setting up those foundations. And so I think that's such a great point. And I love what you said there about sometimes entrepreneurship, it's it, everyone's pushing for it and you can celebrate it. But like you said, you need to have that business model in place for it to be sustainable. So I think that's a really great piece of advice. And, you know, you've definitely had a lot of accomplishments, um, you know, throughout building multiple businesses and, and speaking opportunities. And is there one sort of really big successful moment or highlight that really stands out to you when you look back at your journey? Mm, wow. These are good questions, Sarah. <laughs> um, this, this is causing a deep uh, reflection, which is actually really nice. To be honest with you, just to build off uh, kind of the last point, it's going to feel like, why is she mentioning this one? This kind of sounds like a negative. I am proud. I am proud that in 2019, I had the courage to end a business, to end an initiative that was so close to my heart, deeply close to, it felt like I was losing a limb. Like it was like painful to imagine that this wasn't going to be part of my identity anymore, that this wasn't going to be part of my, my business. It wasn't going to be, I, I, I almost couldn't see myself outside of that for a while. Um, because I had, it had been my baby. And at that point it was like girl talk empowerment and girl talk empowerment day. But at that point, 
we did not have like a sustainable plan for the future. And I just had to like, look in the mirror. I had to be very honest with myself as much as I care about this cause, as much as I've poured so much blood, sweat, tears, money into this over, you know, however many years at that point, and it was quite a few, I needed to let it go in order to pursue the other opportunities that were waiting for me and recognize that I could still give back. I could still be passionate about empowerment. I could still work with youth and and that could be part of what I do, just maybe not in this way. And letting go was one of the biggest challenges I had I've experienced thus far. It was really hard. Um, You know, at that point we had been running like annual events. We built Canada's largest girl empowerment event. We had 1200 girls coming downtown Toronto each year. We had school chapters across Canada, the U S Uganda, Egypt, like we had a lot going on. And even with all of that, I had to make that decision. And I'm proud that I had the courage to make that decision um, because it was a tough one. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you for sharing. And I think that it's, I think that definitely is so powerful. And I think it, like you said, it's such a big decision, but you know, you can look back and look at all the impact that it definitely did have and will continue on to have. Cause even, you know, all the people that were built up by that, you know, will be able to carry that on. So I think that that's so powerful. And like you said, I think even making those decisions, those hard decisions in business are really what can push you forward as an entrepreneur. So I think that that's so powerful. And so thank you for sharing that. And, you know, with, with that too, I guess, going forward, do you have some future plans for your business and yourself coming up that you'd like to share? Yes, we are. Um, I mean, we're growing right now at the Mic Drop Agency. I just hired our first team member, a publicity and events coordinator, uh, Alexa, who's this is her second week with us, which is really exciting. So um, we're sort of building our capacity as a team so that we can even add and continue to add to our client roster. Um, I mean, each of my clients, <laughs> I get so excited about their projects. I have two book launches coming up this year with clients, um, a potential new show coming out. Can't really share too much on that uh, just yet. But like each client that we work with has some really exciting goals that they're working on this year. And it's exciting to me to be part of that journey and to actually help them see that become reality. So um, lots more and lots more content to come from me on my, you know, personal sort of Instagram, LinkedIn pages, as well as on the Mic Drop Agency pages, helping give some more tips and ideas on things about personal branding, speaking and uh, sort of growing a business. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to see all of that to come and everything that's to come with your business and with yourself and where can people go to find you and your business online to watch out for all those upcoming plans? Yeah, the best central place is probably to find me um, at Katie Zeppieri, Z-E-P-P-I-E-R-I and um, Instagram, LinkedIn are probably the two places that I I live the most. That's great. And it'll point you in the direction from there. You can also follow at the Mic Drop Agency. We do not yet have a website. We're working just with our social media pages, but that's also to come in the next few months from us. Amazing. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Katie. And one question that I always, you know, love to finish off with too is, um, you know, if you had one piece of advice that you were giving to someone who is thinking of starting a business or maybe, you know, just in the very early stages, what advice would that be? 
be prepared that the first idea that you begin with will probably not be the idea you end up with. I think having that flexibility in your mind, being open to the idea of starting with something, but allowing room for iteration and allowing room for growth, um, because it's almost always the case that your first product or your first service isn't actually the one that turns out to be your biggest hit and your biggest seller. So start strong and um, you know get the advice and do your, your planning and, and have everything sort of set up. But also be nimble and be open to receiving feedback. When things are working, pay attention to them and double down on them. When things are not working, don't be afraid to let them go. I think that's a great piece of advice, a great note to to end off with. And just to finish off, um, I also love to do just a quick little rapid fire segment. So if you just want to say the first answer that comes to your mind. Okay. Woo! (laughs) Are you a business owner looking to establish yourself as an expert in your industry, reach new audiences and build brand awareness, and form more personal connections with your current customers? It seems like a no-brainer, right? But how do you do this? Enter podcasting. The podcast industry has been growing rapidly over the past few years and doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. After starting Made It Happen, I saw the power podcasting can have, and I want to help other entrepreneurs and businesses do the same. Enter Elevate Podcast Co., a podcast agency helping entrepreneurs and businesses have their voices heard and elevate their brand. We support launching and growing podcasts to connect with your audience, build authority, and amplify your business. Through podcast coaching management and our portable podcast studio, we will help you reach your podcast goals. You can visit us at elevatepodcastco.com as well as in the show notes and book your free discovery call to learn more. So owning your own business means daring to pursue a dream. One word to describe your business. Hype. (laughs) Someone you look up to. My mom. Love that. Uh, A female owned business. Uh, Nick's. A book you'd recommend? Ooh, um, so many books that I could recommend. What would be the right one today? Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrari. Uh, the concept essentially is the importance of building your network. A lifesaver for your business. So this could be anything from a platform to a planner to just anything that you couldn't live without. Google Calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Um, And the best advice that you've ever received? I really liked the cheesy sort of quote uh, that I heard in my teens and kind of stuck with me, which was to aim, aim for the moon. And if you fall short, you'll land amongst the stars. It's not really so much advice when you hear it like that. It sounds like a cheesy quote. But what I pull away from that as advice is... Um, really that message of 
there is a place for, for having that determination and um, for pursuing a dream, which is really what it is at the end of the day when you're for, for so many business um, owners and for entrepreneurs, it's personal. Like parts of this are so deeply personal. So yes, push towards that dream and don't be afraid to go for it. And even if it's not exactly what you thought it would be, that doesn't mean that it can't still be great. Um, and I just think that pursuit of excellence is what's most important. I think that is a great note to end off with. So thank you so much, Katie, for joining me here today. I loved hearing about your story, all of your great advice, and I just can't wait to see everything that's to come. This was so much fun. Thanks, Sarah, for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to Made It Happen podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And thanks again for all your support. I'll see you next week.